time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Boy, do we have a good podcast on tap today. Walter Storholt here alongside Charles Weldy. This is Re-Engineering Your Finances. We're talking market crashes on today's show. Charles, I'm sure you've got your crystal ball out, calibrated, aligned, ready to go. Is that is that true? Uh, you know what? Uh, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't <laughs> think anyone does, Walter. But this is an interesting topic because... Uh, Market declines happen, you know, a lot since World War II. I think they've happened over 13 times. And a market decline, I guess a bear market decline is defined as a 30% or greater decrease in the value of, of one's uh, holdings. You know, the reality of it is, is like, this is an interesting topic, but it's something that is on everyone's mind, especially today. It's one of those things that's not, uh, it's not rocket science to understand how we get market crashes in terms of the fact that they are going to happen, but it is rocket science when it comes to trying to figure out when they'll happen, what they'll look like, and some of the other details and nuances that come along with it. So that's going to be our subject today. What will the next market crash look like? And I think some people certainly think we're on the cusp of the next crash. A lot of people have been coming out and saying that lately at the time of our recording today. Others predict that we're just due for a minor correction. It won't be a full crash, so a mini crash if you're you know, kind of just looking for some layman's terms here. And others think that we're going to kind of just continue this upward trend. Sure, there may be some little wobbles, but for the overall you know, majority of time, we're going to continue going up. I know you don't have your crystal ball, Charles, but uh, we could probably consult a magic eight ball and get just as reliable an answer as asking anybody about when the next market crash will happen. But let's look at some other details that surround this conversation about market crashes. I know it's inevitable that people are going to come to you and ask you when it's going to happen. How do you respond to them when they ask you that question? Well, uh, every year, Walter, I make a trip to New York and I visit this gentleman by the name of Nick Murray. And Nick Murray has a, a saying that I embrace. And he says that short-term unknowable, long-term inevitable. So we don't know when the next market decline is going to come. But the reality of it is, as I mentioned earlier, since World War II, there's been over 13 bear markets. And, you know, in order to get a premium return, something like north of, say, 6 7%, you have to be able to withstand the temporary declines. So again, like, you know, I'm going to beat this into my listeners' heads. That's the beauty of a bucket plan. You can have two investment philosophies. Investment philosophy, number one, how much income do I need? When do I need it? Let's invest that conservatively so that when the market goes down, my principal is protected. My purchasing power may not be protected because I might be making less than 3% on my fixed income. But the reality of it is I give my equities time to mature, to marinate in that later bucket. And if, in fact, the market went down tomorrow by 30 percent, I probably would get some calls from existing clients of mine. But it wouldn't be, hey, Charles, you know, I'm panicking. Should we get out? It would be, hey, Charles, you mentioned to me that when equities go down, it may be a good time to do Roth IRA conversions because they'll be paying tax at a lower fee. So the point I want to make is that you know, in order to get a premium return on your equities, you have to withstand volatility. Volatility is just part of the formula. In order to get a premium return, you have to have some volatility. And as long as you have that volatility in a later bucket and you have the income that you need for a certain period of time, there shouldn't be any emotional disconnect. It's natural. It's natural that markets will go up 
it's natural that markets will go down. The problem that I find with the news media is that when markets go down, it's the end of the world. When markets go up, eh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. So they're opposite sides of the same coin. In order to enjoy market increases, you have to, you know, accept market decreases, even though they're temporary, if history's any guide, they're not permanent. Well, since we obviously would struggle to answer that question of when for a client or a listener to today's program, and and wisely so, it's not like we're fools for not knowing that answer. Anyone saying that they do know it, uh, you should run the other way, as we've talked about before on the show. But let's see if we can answer some other questions that surround the conversation here. Charles, do you expect the next downturn, whenever it does come, to be as severe? Can we talk severity? Do you expect it to be severe as, let's say, the one that's probably freshest on everybody's mind, 2008? Well, I mean, my personal opinion, it could happen. I mean, you know, the world is in debt. I mean, I know that our country is like 22, 23 trillion in debt, but I heard a recent podcast that I was listening to where uh, the gentleman said that the global economy is somewhere over 300 trillion in debt. So, um, you know, I'm not an economist. I don't really know all the facts and figures, but that kind of scares me that, hey, maybe things aren't as rosy as we think they are. So if it did happen, what happened in 08, 09, where the market went down greater than 50%, I always ask potential clients, prospects, I ask them like, hey, in 08, 09, when the market lost over 50%, How many years did it take for the market to get back to where it was before that massive decline? And most people don't know the answer, but the actual answer is 37 months. So my point is, even if we have a massive decrease in market values with the next bear market, 50% or greater, if history is any guide, as long as we have three to five to seven years worth of cash flow, we don't have to panic and sell those equities that are temporarily declined by those temporary prices. Boy, that that number is staggering when you hear it like that. Not just the U.S. debt, but everybody combined. Oh, I don't even know how you wrap your head around something like that. No, I, I don't either. I mean, uh, I mentioned that because I recently heard it on a podcast by uh, someone who I respect highly, does a lot of reading. And that shook my world, so to speak, like, wow, you know, we're worried about our 22, 23 trillion debt here. Well, the global debt is like over 10 times that. Wow. Incredible. Well, I know a lot of people will hear information like this. They may hear people prognosticating about when the next market crash is going to happen and how severe it's going to be and those kinds of things. And if people are are indeed worried that a market crash is imminent, does it make sense for them to just pull their money out of the market and wait until they feel better about it? Well, I mean, the only problem with doing that, Walter, is when you pull the money out, you know, you got to determine when you're going to put it back in. And to the best of my knowledge, they don't ring the bell twice. Hey, it's time to get out. Ding, ding. It's time to get back in. So uh, there's a guy by the name, I believe, John Templeton, that said that more money has been lost by people trying to time the market than being in the market itself. So that's a loser's game, I believe, timing the market. If you have your assets positioned so much in cash for emergencies, maybe for one year living expenses, for planned expenses. If you have money in your soon bucket, money that you're going to need to subsidize your living expenses over the next 10 years or so. The remaining bu- the remaining money is in the later bucket 
you know, yeah, they're going to be volatile. They're going to go up a lot, down a lot. But over time, if history's any guide, if you're making north of 6% after fees, that money's going to double in 12 years. So again, the plan is the product. Most people don't have a date-specific, dollar-specific plan. And if they did, they would have an allocated amount in each bucket, so much in now, so much in soon, and the remainder in later. And they would be fine emotionally when, not if, the bear market comes. So how do you, using your plans, using your portfolios and, and conversations with people, Charles, when you meet with them, how do you protect clients from a market downturn without just that knee-jerk reaction of going all to cash? Well, what I do is I just make sure that we have enough cash flow in that soon bucket so that when markets go down, they're still getting that check every month. That's not going to deviate. And we look at the later bucket and we determine, hey, how much of that later bucket is in IRAs, 401ks? And can we take advantage of historically low tax rates today to maybe move some of that money to a Roth IRA or perhaps a life insurance policy, if that makes sense, and really protect that principal and maybe pay lower taxes uh, you know, currently because we took advantage of a temporary market decline. And then if history is any guide and that account goes back to where it was prior to the market decline, they basically had the same investments, but now they're tax-free and they pay tax at a lower rate than they would have if they just ignored it and just, you know, said a couple prayers and waited for it to come back on its own. Well, last but not least, I think we should probably put the bow on the conversation here, Charles, by kind of exploring the why once again, why so many people think there are just these two extremes. Either I'm at high risk in the stock market or I'm sitting in cash doing nothing. Why do they think there are only two options when in reality you're telling us there's a proper way to construct a plan so that you can kind of, I don't know if it, the best of both worlds is the way to describe it, but to, to, to not have to just be in one world or the other. Well, I mean, I fault the um, the media for this. I mean, I was watching the news just over the weekend. The market went down this past week. But when the market goes down, they have the actual points that the market went down. They don't have the percentages. And I'm telling you, Walter, if they put the percentages up instead of the points, people would not really feel as uneasy because it might be a half a percentage or it might be 1% instead of like 600 points or 800 points. I mean, I think realistically, the, the uh, news people are in the business of you know selling the news and the news is emotional. And the truth is that if you just have a plan and a planner and you have enough dollars in each particular bucket customized for your cash flow needs over the remainder of your lifetime, when not if uh, markets go down, you're not going to get emotionally attached to what they're saying on TV because you know this is just a normal, part of investing, volatility is what you need to get the premium return. If everything was just non-volatile, you wouldn't get the premium return. And again, it's not just like safe in cash and it's not risky in stocks. The real risk is if you need to grow your money and you're not in stocks, you're going to run out of money in retirement. So I would finish this segment with no matter what you do in life, there's going to be risk, risk on the way in or risk on the way out. If you want to have risk on the, the way in, you're going to put you know tons of your money in stocks today, but you won't have risk in the future because if history's any guide, that account's going to grow faster than the other two buckets. If you don't want any risk today and you put all your money in cash, 
you're going to have risk down the road because the cash isn't going to give you enough rate of return to protect your purchasing power. And down the road, you're going to have risk that what you need to buy 10, 15 years from now, you're not going to have enough funds because you didn't take the proper allocation when you were younger to have the insight of knowing that, guess what? I should have an adequate amount of money in now, soon, and later portfolios. So important to make sure that you have a proper plan in place so that when the next market crash, no matter what it looks like, happens, you're well prepared for it. And uh, it doesn't mean that it's all going to be, I think I said at the beginning of the show, Charles, you know, sunshine and roses and rainbows at the, uh, you know, all throughout your investing life and that your portfolio always goes up and those kinds of things. But there's ways to protect yourself from the major downturns. There's a way to protect yourself from, you know, having it devastate your retirement plan, which is what a lot of people were feeling like was going to happen in 2008. And we shouldn't have to repeat that second time around. Yeah. And I would say this in closing is that that's the beauty of a financial advisor, not for him or her to get you a higher return. It's for him or her to protect you from the emotions of fear when the market is down and greed when the market is up. And again, you know, fear and greed are the two enemies of most investors. And a good financial advisor will actually walk their clients through that emotional uh, disconnect. If you want to talk to Charles about putting together your own financial plan, getting some customized guidance when it comes to developing a retirement future, all you have to do is give him a call at 610-388-7705. That's 610-388-7705 or online at cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. Charles has an office in Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania on Route 52, serving you throughout the Delaware and Chester County areas. If you want to uh, access those resources, the website, cpweldygroup.com, or give a call to Charles's office, you can do that. Uh, I've put the links to those resources in the description of today's show. So just whatever app you're using, look at the description or the uh, subtitles of today's show, and you'll be able to find those resources to utilize to get in touch with Charles that way. Charles, thanks for the help and the good conversation today. Sorry that your crystal ball you know, wasn't operable and working for today's show, but I still feel like we got some pretty good guidance here. My pleasure, Walter. Thank you again. <laughs> Always fun chatting with you. That's Charles Weldy, founder of CP Weldy Group. Thanks so much for joining us. For Charles, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time back here on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.